if you have your Bible, open with me to the book of Psalms 104. Psalm 104. I, I greatly desired to continue in James tonight, but as I mentioned this morning, I had several messages on my heart and I feel this is the direction the Lord had me to go. This is not a new message. I preached this years, years ago and I've, I preached it in the Bible college one time as well. But it, I'm so thankful for the Lord. Amen. And I tonight got to the prayer room and all of a sudden the double the amount of people that have been in the prayer room were there tonight. Hallelujah. And I'd like to invite the rest of y'all to come join us at 515 to pray. Amen. And so let's have prayer. Heavenly Father, open our hearts by the Holy Ghost tonight. And I pray you'd help every person meet every need, comfort every heart, strengthen every individual. Lord, bring glory to yourself and accomplish your work in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The two Bible verses I'd like to read, Psalm 104, verse number 16 and verse number 17. The Bible said, the trees of the Lord are full of sap, the cedars of Lebanon which he hath planted, where the birds make their nests. As for the stork, the fir trees are her house. Now you probably, like me, are wondering, what in the world is he going to say from these Bible verses? Uh, when I was in my last semester of Bible college, uh, Brother Jimmy Rose asked me if I would travel with him to Brazil that summer. And, 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 um, and so we were in Victoria da Conquista, Brazil. And Brother Jimmy Rose was preaching in Portuguese. And I couldn't understand any of it. So, so I was just sitting out one day, just reading through my devotions in the middle of the church because I couldn't understand anything they said, anything they sang. And at that specific service, we didn't have a translator. So I was just reading it. And you know the chapter before this, Psalm 103. It's talking about the blessings of God. I've been saved from hell. I've been saved from sin. The, the judgment of God is not on me. He's been so good. I've been blessed. I've been, I've been delivered. And, and David is really on a roll. And it carries over into chapter 4. And to be honest, it's many chapters. He's just, he's just on a roll, just glorifying and praising God. And I'm in the middle of this service. And, and I, I don't know how to say it any other way than just to say that I was in the zone. And I was, I, was just, I was just following the flow of David glorifying God here in the book of Psalms. And all of a sudden, I read these verses, the trees of the Lord are full of sap and the cedars of Lebanon, which he hath planted. And I thought, I just stopped and I was like, what in the world? I thought, did David get so full of himself he just said something and didn't know what he was saying? I, I didn't know what he meant. And so for days, it was going through my mind. Why does the Bible say this? The trees of the Lord are full of sap, the cedars of Lebanon, which he hath planted, where the birds make their nests. As for the stork, the fir trees are her house. So I was traveling with Brother Jimmy Rose. I thought if anybody knows about it, he'd know what it meant. So he walked in the room the next morning and said, Brother Josh, how you doing? I said, Brother, the trees of the Lord are full of sap. And he was like, I guess he didn't know what to say to it either. And, um, and so I, it just for days, it was in my mind. The trees of the Lord are full of sap. What does this mean? Why, why is this in the Bible? Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5 tells us every word of God is pure. It's there for a reason. 
And now I, I know that there is a group of individuals in this world and they, they don't think the Bible's important. They're willing to just, how much of it they're going to accept and the rest of it they're willing to leave to the side. I have no interest in going that direction. Amen? Why is this in the Bible? And so I was, I was just, what does this mean, God? What can I get from this? And as I was praying, it came to my mind, if you'd turn with me to Psalm 1. Psalm 1. The Bible said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree, planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. My friend, that is the will of God for your life and mine. That's what God wants out of us. Amen. So I noticed there that God likened a man to a tree. Now, if you look with me in Psalm 92, Psalm 92, verse number 12, the righteous, so who are the righteous? Those, those that have believed upon Jesus Christ, amen, the redeemed, the born again, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Now that's interesting. I, I heard Brother James Jones say one time, if you go out here to the, to the coast and, and, you, and you watch in the middle of a hurricane or in the middle of strong winds, they will, they will blow right into that palm tree and that palm tree, it'll just, it'll just lean back into the wind. And when the wind stops, it'll just stand right back up. It's not moved. It doesn't get blown away. It doesn't get removed. It doesn't get rooted up. It just stands right back up. And so the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. But notice the next part. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. So, so in this context, we can see very clearly that the specific type of tree mentioned in Psalm 104, God used it to liken it unto the righteous in Psalm 92. Then if you look with me in John chapter 15, Preached from John 15 last week. John chapter 15. Verse number 1 through verse number 6. I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. So you and I, my friend, we're not going to glorify God or bring forth any fruit of ourself. Only God's way by abiding in him. Yes. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you could do nothing. One brother stopped me here last week when I preached from this passage of scripture. And he said, did you notice the Bible said it talked about bearing fruit. And then it talked about bearing more fruit. 
And then it talked about bearing much fruit. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to bear fruit. And then he wants us to bear more fruit. He doesn't doesn't just want you to bear fruit and stop. Amen. He wants us to continually be growing and bringing more glory unto him. Amen. And so, so the bearing of fruit, then the bearing of more fruit, then the bearing of much fruit. Verse number six, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they shall be burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. And then if you'll look with me in Matthew chapter 15, Matthew chapter 15, verse number 13 and 14, Matthew chapter 15, verse number, I'm sorry, verse number 13 and 14, yes. But he answered and said, so this is the son of God talking. But he answered and said, every plant which my heavenly father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone, they be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. So here in Psalm 104, verse 16 and 17. The trees of the Lord are full of sap, the cedars of Lebanon, which he hath planted. Noticing the wording here, and I I just love the word of God because God says what he means and he means what he says. He doesn't mince words. He doesn't write things to confuse us. He doesn't put things in the Bible to cause us to have questions or, or, or confusion. But the trees of the Lord, so this tree is of the Lord. Amen. And so this tree, Psalm 92, likened unto the righteous, the righteous are the people of the Lord. Amen. The trees of the Lord are full of sap. I'll get to that. The cedars of Lebanon. Now, I I, I did some research on this cedar of Lebanon. It's a very interesting tree to study. For example, they say the bark from this tree can cure a toothache. Now, it just came to my mind, I can't remember how to quote the verse, I'm sure you can, but there's a verse in the book of Proverbs, and it talks about confidence in an unfaithful man. And then it goes on talking about something about a broken tooth. And so, so thankfully, when we trust in Jesus Christ, we're not trusting in an unfaithful man, amen? He is the faithful and true witness, amen? And so they say the bark from this tree was able to cure a toothache. Not only that, but people would sleep under this tree because something about the bark on this tree would repel snakes. Amen. You want to learn how to repel Satan? Get around Jesus. Amen. And, 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 and so the trees of the Lord are full of sap, the cedars of Lebanon. But notice these last words, which he hath planted. This tree is planted by God. And the Bible uses this tree to liken it unto you and I who are saved. I'm not righteous because of anything I do, my friend. I'm righteous because of the blood of the Son of God. Plus nothing and minus nothing. And if you're righteous, then you're righteous because of the blood of the Son of God. And because you've trusted him alone for salvation. Now we can practice righteousness... The book of 1 John tells us we can do righteousness. Matter of fact, we're commanded to. But that does not make us righteous. Being in Jesus Christ, repentance and faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ is what declares you and I 
righteous. And so the trees of the Lord are full of sap, the cedars of Lebanon, which he hath planted, where the birds make their nests. As for the stork, the fir trees are her house. And I began to study about trees. And by no means, I'm not a botanist tonight. I don't know everything about trees. But I began to study about them. And trees, similar to people, they grow in stages. For example, when, when you plant a seed, or when a seed naturally grows, it's an infancy. And then you have the childhood stage of a tree. And you have the young adult stage of a tree. And you have the normal adulthood stage of a tree. Then later you have the twilight stage and you have the stage in which a tree dies. Trees go through stages, just like you and I. And so as I began to, to, to study about trees, we, we learned many things, and I'll get back to the stages of a tree soon. But, but, but the most common fact about a tree is where you start and it's right here in this verse, the trees of the Lord are full of sap, and then it names the cedars of Lebanon. This is not just a tree, but it's a specific tree. Yep. It's, it's named, the actual specific tree, the cedars of Lebanon. And it said the trees of the Lord. And so tonight, I'm not preaching to all people. I'm preaching to the people of the Lord tonight. And, 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 and here, it, it identifies a specific tree. There is a specific way to become the people of the Lord. And it's through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yep. By grace, through faith, alone in the Son of God. And it all starts right here, the cedars of Lebanon. It identifies unto us a species. Yep. Species. Yeah, I looked up the scientific definition of the word species, and it means to have Common or the same parentage. You know what Jesus said to the Pharisees? If God were your father, you would love me. That's what he said. And so we, we know by the word of God that if you're saved, if I'm saved, then our father is God. Amen. And those who are not saved, Jesus told them, you are of your father, the devil. And so I'm not preaching to those tonight. I'm preaching about the trees of the Lord. Amen. And so it's a specific species. It's of the Lord. It's a specific tree. But then not only is there this specific species, but this specific species of a tree grows by the genetics of the DNA in a specific seed. So if you want to plant an apple tree, then you don't put a cedar tree seed. If you want a cedar tree, you don't plant an apple seed tree. And so the tree of the Lord, to become the species of the Lord, it starts with the seed of the Lord. The book of Peter said, be born again, not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. My friend, the word of God to the saved is everything. Do you realize that people were burned alive? They had their heads cut off. 
They were separated from their families. They were tortured and tormented. They suffered great agony so that you and I can have the word of God. And in our day, so many people are willing to turn and stub their nose up at the word of God and go on like they love God. The seed of the word of God. Everything about us is to come from the word of God. And so the tree, the cedar tree, everything about this cedar tree, it's in its DNA. And it all started with the seed. It all started with the seed. That's why, for example, on on Wednesday nights when I preach through 1 John, the Bible is telling us if you're saved, if I'm saved, this is how it is. It won't be another way. It doesn't matter if you say so. It doesn't matter if I say so. Because God said so. Amen. Amen. <coughs> the species. The same species. Common parentage from God. The Bible said you must be born again. When Nicodemus asked Jesus, how can I be born again? Can I enter into my mother's womb a second time and be born? And he went on to say, well, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. To be born again is to be born of the spirit of God. That means when Jesus is knocking on your heart to get saved, John 6, 44, no man can come to me except the father which has sent me draw him. When Jesus is knocking on your heart, my friend, that's the time to come to him. Species, we see the... Same species, common parentage. Is God your father? And then we see the seed. How'd you get saved? You didn't get saved by another gospel, did you? Because the apostle Paul said in Galatians chapter 1, there's not another gospel. Matter of fact, he even said those that promote another gospel to let them be accursed. There's only one. And so the seed that would bring you salvation is the seed that brought me salvation. It's got the same DNA in it, right from the word of God. That's why when we read this book, that's why it corrects me. That's why it corrects you. And it'll tell both of us the same thing. Cedar trees, the DNA is the same. They all produce cedar trees. Why? Because the seed is a cedar tree seed. But then not only is there the same species of the common parentage, not only is there the seed, which would be the word of God, but then we see the stages, the stages, as I mentioned. And so, so trees grow in stages, but every tree is not in the same stage at the same time. Why is that? Well, some trees started growing 45 years ago. Some started growing two years ago. Some started growing seven years ago. So they all grow through stages. My friend, you and I, we're growing through stages. Your stage might be different than mine. My stage might be different than yours. But the trees of the Lord, they're going to grow through stages. And some of those stages might be little baby Christian. And then we we got... the ones who've been saved a long time, grown in the Lord, walk with God a long time. We see the stages. And that's something that we need to understand. 
Just because somebody hasn't arrived where you are at or where I am at doesn't mean we need to belittle them. Neither do you need to belittle me or others if we haven't arrived where you are at. Because trees grow in stages. And may I say this? God set the scientifics of the stages in which trees grow. And so in these stages, these trees grow in stages as they grow through seasons. And our great God and creator designed four seasons. Summer, fall, winter, and spring. And every tree goes through these seasons. And as the trees go through these seasons, year by year by year by year, they grow in stages little by little by little. And so these stages and seasons are designed by God for the development of a tree. Well, my friend, you're going to go through stages and you're going to go through seasons. And how we all desire one season, everybody has their favorite season. But to a tree, the seasons are important. For example, when Mary and I were missionaries, had a supporting church in Florida. And the pastor's wife, she was an accountant and kept the books for a, for a, um, for a, a company that farmed oranges and made orange juice. And she was telling me one night, as, we, as I was at the pastor's house, she was telling me um, that the year before, as the seasons changed, winter never really came. And so the tree never really died. And so as that happens, after a couple years, It'll produce the fruit, and the fruit from the outside will look good. But as you open the orange and you eat it, you know what? It will not be sweet. It will have no taste. But that winter season, who wants to go through a winter cold season? Who wants to go through a time of fall where things are dying? Or a time of the frozen winter when things are dead? Who wants to go through that? But God designed it that way. For a reason. In your life, you're going to go through seasons. And that season is going to include a summertime. It's going to include a fall. It's going to include a winter. And it's going to include spring. And these things are going to happen over and over and over in your Christian life. Just like it happens in everyone else's. Your stage and your season might be different from someone else's. We should not judge our circumstances on another. Neither should we judge another based off of their circumstances. Look what happened to Job. God had a pretty good thing to say about Job, didn't he? But his friends didn't. So we see the species, that it's the same parentage. Let me just make a comment right there. If you'll look over in the book of Peter, 1 Peter chapter 5. First, first Peter chapter 5. And we'll, we'll, we'll read from verse 7 to verse 11. 
But I would just want to read it all so I could show you one part of a, a phrase. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called you, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Notice with me verse number nine. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. What does that tell us? The brethren go through the same afflictions. This same species of people are going to go through these same stages, these same seasons, these same circumstances. Your specific situation might not happen in my life. My specific situation might not happen in your life, but these things will happen in our lives. So we see the species, we see the seed, we see the stages, we see the, the seasons. But then may I say this, I think of the strength and the stability of a tree. I thought about how to make this picture as clear as I can. Imagine with me, as we've seen on the news and as we've seen in, in commercials that would warn in books and magazines, a car driving 70 miles an hour down the road and it hits a tree and it demolishes the car. And what is the tree doing? It's still standing there. That tree is strong and its root runs very deep. Matter of fact, they say that the root of a tree is twice as long as the height of a tree. And so Jesus is our root. And we're so supposed to abide in him. Is that not what the context said of John 15? And as we abide in him, and as we are rooted and grounded in him, we will become strong in his word, in his way, in his wisdom. But then I think about the shelter of a tree. I remember when I first got saved. I had never had a battle with the devil as a lost person. And I got saved. And Satan, he would attack me and, and it would scare me or it would bother me. And I didn't know what to do. And I went, I went to an old man of God named Dr. James Rainwater. And I would tell him about these battles that Satan was putting into my mind. And he looked at me and he said, it's the devil, just like that. And he took the word of God and he began to read to me the word of God and expose Satan's attacking me. What I was doing is exactly what's written right here. The trees of the Lord are full of sap. The cedars of Lebanon, which, which he hath planted, where the birds make their nests. Do you know why the birds make their nests in a tree? To protect themselves. May I say this? Do you know why it's so important for you and I to know the word of God, to follow the word of God, and to grow in the word of God, and to be biblical? Because as we grow in the Lord, there's going to be younger ones that get saved, and they're going to start to go through things. You know what they're going to do? They're going to come make their nest in you. And, and, and what you say to them 
and tell them is going to influence them. And it should be biblical. It should be biblical. Sadly, I know for a fact it's not always biblical. But it should be. And so we see the shelter there. A number of y'all will remember my friend Zach Fordry. I don't think he would care for me saying this. But when he got saved, one day we were riding down the road and he began to talk to me about some of the battles that he had. And see, at that time, I had been saved about five or six years. And see, I had already gone through the exact same battle. And Zach was looking for somebody who had been through that because he wanted somebody who could help him. So when you go through a battle, my friend, when you go through a hard time or a difficulty, God is trying to prepare you to be what you should be so that you can help others. That's what 2 Corinthians chapter number one teaches us. The apostle Paul said, we went through these great tragedies and difficulties and pains and hurts and troubles for the purpose that we would be comforted by God so that we could turn around and with the comfort of God, comfort others. Shelter. Somebody's going to come to you for shelter. It may be one person. It may be 400 people. But God wants you and I to be prepared. You, you see, it's an important thing. You remember what, what Jesus told the Pharisees? That they... they They'll compass land and sea to, to make one disciple twofold the child of hell of themselves. My friend, we better be careful. We better be careful what we teach and tell other people. And then I think about sap. The trees of the Lord are full of sap. Now, how many of y'all ever prayed in the woods? Anybody? Amen. My uncle likes to pray in the woods. I always go when he asks, and I carry a gun, and I pray with one eye open. Amen? I don't like snakes. And, um, but my uncle, he has a rock altar in the woods behind his house. And you go out and pray in the woods, and you are certainly going to come out with sap on you. And then you go like this, try to wipe it off. Mary, Mary doesn't like that. Amen? But... Um, but then I have sap on my hands and on my clothes. Then I shake somebody's hand. Now there's sap on my hands, my clothes, and their hand. And it travels and it sticks to them. And when I read this, the question came into my mind, what about you sticks to other people for the glory of God? Hmm. Matter of fact, just what about you sticks to other people? Is it that you're filled with the spirit and you're godly and, and you help people and you love people and you try to live by the Bible and you try to do right? Or is it something bad? You know, the Bible tells us even a little child is known by their deeds. How are you known? What are you known for? The trees of the Lord are full of sap. And I'm going to tell you, the trees of the Lord are not known for wicked things and ungodly things. And carnal things. The, the trees of the Lord should be known for godly things. Yes. 
What about you has touched somebody else's life? There should be things about us that do. Y'all heard me say it before, Brother Bob Garrett. I'll never forget the first time I met him. And the reason I'll never forget it is because when he walked in the room behind me, before I ever even saw him, I felt the atmosphere of the room change. He walked with God like that. I watched Dr. Aiken call Brother Bob Garrett to this pulpit to pray. And the man would pray eight sentences. And everybody in this place would know that man was talking to God. But that God was paying attention to that man. Y'all who knew Brother Garrett know what I'm talking about. Right, Brother Robbie? Amen. The trees of the Lord are full of sap. My friend, I'm just stuck here. What, what, what are we known for? What are we known for? The Bible tells us to be godly. The Bible tells us to be holy. The Bible tells us to be righteous. The Bible tells us to treat each other right. The Bible tells us how we should walk. And yet there's an opposition to what the Bible says and people say they love Jesus. Don't you got a problem with that? Amen. I do. But then not only that, but trees of the Lord, they spread. You see, I love the word of God. You see, these trees, the seed grows on these trees. And one of two things will happen. Either the seed will just fall off of the tree and the wind will come and blow that seed all over the place. Or the seed will be on the tree and the wind will come and blow the seed right out of the tree. And that seed will spread all over the place and it will get lodged into the ground and the rain will start to come. And you know what will start happening? Trees will start growing. They spread. You know what God wants you and I to do? He wants us to spread the gospel. To go into all the world and to preach the gospel to every creature. You know... These trees, they spread, but you know what you'll rarely ever find is a tree that naturally grew by itself in one location. These trees, they also surround themselves with each other. When you go out into the woods, you notice it's called, you didn't just go to the tree, you went to the woods. There's a bunch of trees there because they grow together there. Usually when you find a tree growing by itself, it's because somebody came in and done some type of work or planted that tree there by itself. You see, these trees, they spread, but they're surrounded by each other. And so the, this forest, the forest can grow bigger and bigger and bigger as the seed spreads and the wind blows and the rain comes and more and more trees grow. But then may I say this, these trees, they also go through storms. Storms, I mean, I don't like storms. Rain, hail, lightning, thunder. Trees go through storms. Sometimes a bolt of lightning will hit a tree and blow something out of it. But 
then you look back and the thing that got blown out of the tree was something weak that was hindering and hurting the tree. Sometimes the wind will blow things out of the tree. God will let storms come into my life and yours to remove things from our life that do not bring glory to him. Every time God removes something from my life or your life, it's not always a curse, my friend. John 15 tells us that he's going to purge us, that we could bring forth more fruit, and ultimately that we could bring forth much fruit. Trees, they just stand. I mean, every time you walk outside and that tree that's been there for the last 35 years, you know what it's doing? It's just standing right where God put it, doing exactly what God told it to do. And that's exactly what God wants of you. And that's exactly what God wants of me. And then may I say this, these trees are steadfast. You never find them laying around on the job, amen? Not naturally. They stand. And they stand strong. And then last, I think about the fruit of a tree. I, I like to eat certain fruits. I love oranges. There's this orange that they had in Korea. All I'm saying is they don't have it here, and it's, it's a shame. Amen, Brother Mark. Amen. He knows what I'm talking about. My friend, what if you went to the store and bought an orange, and you opened that orange up, and on the outside it looked sweet and ripe, like many people on the outside, they look godly. But if you open it up and it was full of black and mold, would you eat it? That's disgusting. Well, my friend, I wonder when God opens us up and looks at our fruit, I wonder if he's disgusted. You see, my friend, we're supposed to be sweet. The Bible tells us very clearly we're supposed to be filled with love and joy, and peace. We're supposed to be godly and holy. We're supposed to love each other. We're supposed to care for each other. We're supposed to work together with each other. We're not supposed to bite and devour one another. Amen? Amen. Yes. The trees of the Lord are full of sap. The cedars of Lebanon which he hath planted. Let's be standing together. If the Lord spoke to you, the altar is open. Heavenly Father, may the will of the Lord be done in every heart. Bring comfort, bring peace, bring help. Help folks to grow, meet every need. In Jesus' name. Jesus, I love thee, I know thou art mine. For thee, all the follies of sin, I resign. My gracious Redeemer, my Savior art thou. If ever I love thee, 
my Jesus, tis now I love thee because thou hast first loved me and purchased my pardon on Calvary's tree. I love thee for wearing the thorns on thy brow. If ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. I'll love thee in life. I will love thee in death and praise thee as long as thou givest me breath and say when the death dew lies cold on my brow if ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now in mansions of glory and endless delight. I'll ever adore thee in heaven so bright I'll sing with the glittering crown on my brow if ever I love thee my Jesus tis now if you can be seated for just a moment um, I don't know what